All right, uh, here it is, not far from the dead cow. Oh my God, this thing was decimated. Look at this. Oh my God. That did not... <laughs> it's not like it just got destroyed. I mean, it got utterly ripped to shreds. My goodness. Oh. Here are the letters. The P. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura. But long before Atlas Obscura was this, a podcast, it was a website where, with the help of our community, we created a collection of now over 22,000 places documenting the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous locations. Well, today, my friend and co-founder of Atlas Obscura, Josh Fower, is joining that? me. That's what's left of the shed. Isn't that crazy? Because he's taking us to a remote patch of land out in the Arizona desert, where last year he built the first place in the Atlas Obscura database that was created by us, Atlas Obscura itself. This is all about why it was built, how it was destroyed, and how the Atlas Obscura community helped rebuild it. That is after this. Uh, have you ever heard of uh, Atlas Obscura? Okay, don't worry about it. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> no matter what you're a fan of, Texas has the trip for you. There's the... <laughs> trip to Texas. And the... <laughs> trip. Or maybe you're the kind of fan who'd prefer a... Trip to Texas. Or a... Trip. Either way, go to TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hi, guys. Hello. We've already Hello. been talking. We've been talking for a while already, but now we're all recording. Uh, hi, David. Hi, Josh. Hi, brothers. How? I miss you guys. I miss you, too. We miss you, too. <laughs> so, Josh, uh, you and I founded Atlas Obscure together, but David Plotz was our first CEO. We hired him four or five years after we started the company. And, Josh, I, I, I feel like if we're going to tell the story of how Plotz got involved in Atlas, you should tell that story because that's like – weren't, weren't you his intern? I, I was his intern in, in high school. Uh, I used to get him coffee. You never, ever got me coffee. No one's ever gotten me coffee. <laughs> that is a false story. I massaged his feet. <laughs> I, well, the, 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 a crucial piece of uh, background here is that when you joined Atlas Obscura as our CEO, uh, Atlas Obscura had been around for a couple of years, but like, it was basically an art project. I mean, we had no real business. We were, it was like three people in a uh, little it was, dumpy It was six people. In a it was warehouse. Six, it wasn't a dumpy room in a warehouse, yeah. And you made this thing into a, a real enterprise and made it into something that is, like, touches lots of people all over the world every day. Well, 
Thank you. Are we so, going to talk about why we're here? Yeah. We so gonna, uh, yeah. So after <laughs> after being CEO for five years, you decided uh, it was time to leave Alice Obscura and you were going to go start a new thing. And we were, you know, sad that you were leaving. And we also wanted to find a way to honor the time and the risk that you had taken by coming to Atlas Obscura and this big life change you were making. So, uh, Josh, maybe you want to talk about the plot's plot. Well, so we ended up at what felt obvious, which is like David Plotz has to have a place in the Atlas. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Dylan and I are always dreaming of starting new museums. So, like, uh, this just felt like the right excuse to start a new kind of museum yeah. that yeah. didn't exist in the world. Yeah, and, and and we wanted it to be a spot where people could come and mark their own big life transitions. Like, they could leave an object behind that would represent the phase of life that they were leaving. And then that would become part of the museum. And Josh, I just remember you and I scrolling through like land plots are us <laughs> in the in the under $1,000 category. While we loved plots, we weren't prepared to spend thousands of dollars <laughs> celebrating it. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> and so this was actually the cheapest piece of land that could be purchased on eBay that we could find in... Arizona, but it happened to also be the perfect place to situate something like this because it is truly in the middle of the desert, like in the middle of nowhere, but only 2,500 feet from Route 66. So you could actually huh. see the plot spot from Route 66. So it was, it was just the perfect spot. So I flew out there with a, another member of the Atlas Obscura staff. And we went to a tractor supply co, bought the cheapest tin shed that they had, and put it up on this piece of land, which we could only find with GPS coordinates and, you know, involved really off-roading through the desert. And you had, like, some incredibly short amount of time in which to construct this thing, right? That's true. I brought every tool I had. We put the thing together. It had, we had, uh, I I had cut out letters that said the plots plot and, you know, big, uh, big signage. We screwed it all together, put it all together. The sun was going down or we had flights to catch. And we were like, I don't know if this thing is quite strong enough. Because <laughs> uh, once it was up, it, it just seemed a little rickety. <laughs> but we were like, just get the photo. We'll show it to plots. You know, uh, we'll, have done our, we'll have done our duty. When did you tell plots? When did you tell David about this? Like, how did that conversation happen? Um, we didn't, right? We just said yeah. uh, one day at the office, like, David, I need uh, an object that represents your time at Atlas. That's what I yeah. said. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And you asked me, I think you asked me to write a paragraph about yeah. the object and what it meant. I had no idea what you guys were up and, to. And what was that yeah. object? Just to just to touch on that for a moment. It was a black backpack that I used. It was really literally with me every minute I was at Atlas all the way on my commute. Can you read uh, your inscription? Okay, this Deuter Gigabike backpack represents the time I spent as CEO of Atlas Obscura. For more than five years, I commuted from my home in Washington to our headquarters in Brooklyn. I would say goodbye to family early Monday morning, board an Amtrak train, and return home late each Wednesday night. This backpack was my constant companion during those years. 
Now I am leaving Atlas Obscura and this backpack behind to take my next adventure. I got a little choked up there. <laughs> mm. uh, that's a lovely. That's a lovely inscription. And uh, and have you seen the pictures of the new and improved plots plot? I have, but can you guys talk about what happened to the original plot? Yeah. plot? <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was about six days later that we got our first photo from an Atlas Obscura community member who had gone out to see the plot spot because now it was a place in the Atlas Obscura database. And they were like, I think something's gone wrong. <laughs> they sent a photo <laughs> of just like metal shards spread all over uh, the it's, desert. There's also a museum going through a transition at that point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I think probably one of the reasons this land is so cheap is that it gets like horrendous winds that just blow through constantly. So the plot spot didn't survive its first encounter with a strong Arizona wind. And fortunately, we had another Atlas Obscura staff member who was driving to LA who stopped and picked up your backpack <laughs> and FedExed it back to Atlas Obscura headquarters. I never heard that part. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so, like, the good news is the the goods were safe. And then it was like, well, are we really going to, like, what are we going to do about this? It, it, it felt like a real blemish on my record as a person who likes to build stuff that this thing didn't last six days. And I was getting, like, an email a week from people saying either I'm about to drive through, like, is there anything I could do to, like, take care of the plot spot? Or people saying, we found it and it's a bunch of metal strewn across the landscape. And so I was like, wait a minute. Like, there's something to this. Like, now it's not just about David. It's about, like, this thing that people want to see and that, like, maybe even want to participate in. We have to figure out a way to rebuild this. So about a year later, I found a company that takes old shipping containers and cuts them in half and turns them into, you know, like inhabitable spaces based in Phoenix. They gave us a great deal to put together a shipping container. I wrote to David. I said, what's your favorite color? He said, bright orange. So we had it painted bright orange. And we all agreed to meet up in the middle of the desert on a day in August. All right. So I just pulled off of... Um, <clears throat> Off of I-40, I'm now on historic Route 66, which kind of runs parallel to the interstate. And uh, just past the Painted Desert Indian Center, which advertises its sparkling bathrooms. Not a whole lot here uh, on the side of the road. Just a lot of sort of gray and green brush. And somewhere out here is the plot spot. There it is. I see the orange shipping container right there. Um, that is good. This is going to be visible from the road. Uh, the, the guys who are dropping it off uh, have been are waiting there for me with it. Hey! All right, so we got to figure out the exact GPS coordinates here because I don't own all this land. I only own a little bit of it. Okay. Um, so I'm going to pull it up on my iPhone, okay. and uh, you want to just follow me? Yeah, sure, wherever you want to go. Okay. 
I have a, one question. Was there anything yeah. left of the first plot plot when you got there the second time? Oh, yeah, there's, like, uh, we, we left, actually. All, there's metal shards all oh, over Jesus. the desert. Oh, my no. God. Yeah, I mean, it's like a blast radius. Oh, God. And we decided to leave those because, you know, it's part of the story at this point. They're, yeah, and yeah, all right. They're part of the monument. They're, they're on our little plot of land. This is okay. All right, all right, yeah. Well, here he comes. Uh, let's see if I can clear some of this out of the way for him. Uh, so I think we can drop this thing. I'll just like back you in or something. You want to go forward and then, uh, like, if we just try to put it right, right over in this area right here. Yeah, let me back over. Okay. So who you know you mentioned community members coming out to help. Who were they? Had they been there before? You know, did they get in touch. How did how did this happen? Yeah. So there were a few who ended up meeting me out in the desert. One was a local guy named Levi, who, when he first found out about the plot spot, was just like, this is awesome. This is like a great thing to add to my town. And then there was a, a young college student from Tucson, a guy named Ash. How you doing? Good, how are you? Very well. Who drove up with his dad, Tim. Welcome to what is officially the weirdest father-son trip of all time. No, no, no. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, we were here Great two to meet you. Uh, it's a four and a half hour drive in each direction, and they all met me there at a you know appointed time, date, and GPS coordinate in the middle of the desert. So all right, let's get to work for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. What do you want to take on? Oh, I'll do. I'll do whatever. This is pretty straightforward this time. Like, yeah. uh, you know, like. I had the hard work done in advance by this container company. So yeah. you guys just got to put on kind of the finishing touches. We just, we did the, right, the trim work, is, yeah. as they call it. <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, we, we, we put the signage on, we, we outfitted it, got a rug, built some shelves. Yeah, here, the, the, uh, let me give, I give you some bolts here. And then the washers. Yeah, everything, everything else is in here. Okay, perfect. Nice yeah, let's get that one done. As you can imagine, uh, I was pretty curious to know why they were inspired to drive four and a half hours to meet a total stranger uh, in the middle of the desert to build a you know quasi shrine to another total stranger who they'd never met. <laughs> and it was incredibly satisfying to realize that like the reason they were there was the same reason that I was there, and that they had seen in this project. Uh, the same potential that I saw and that, you know, there are people like me and like you out in the world who just want to make cool, good things and be a part of that. And I was really moved by it, actually. And just as the sun was sinking below the horizon, we screwed in the last uh, screw on the signage, sort of all steps back, admired our work. I can envision people making a spiritual quest pilgrimage to here. I can see it, yeah. Somewhere within five or six hours, because yeah. that's part of the cleansing process is you're on a trip to get there to unload this thing right. and drive for hours back with it in your head yeah. and maybe getting some you know, cathartic crying in. I mean, it's totally a that's thing. How, that's how I interpreted it, and that's why I like it, you know, in, you know, in the middle of the desert, because I obviously like love it here, and I love the... 
you know, like vast emptiness and, you know, the, the mumbling of the interstate and, you know, just kind of being in the, you know, pseudo middle of nowhere. Um, and then kind of being just a little spiritual pilgrimage. Uh, Josh, so if someone wants to actually go and visit and, and leave an object or just see what's in there, uh, what do they need to know? What you need is GPS coordinates, and you can get those on atlasobscura.com slash places slash plot spot. Um, when you show up, you'll need to put in a four-digit code, 4444, to open the door. And then, you know, spend as much time as you want inside. If there's anything that looks like it needs upkeep, I guess we'd appreciate it if you would um, help lend a hand. And leave something behind and tell us about it. And maybe somebody down the road will come and visit it and it'll mean something to them. And if you do go there, hey, let me know. Drop me a note on Twitter or something that you've been there. I'd love to send me a picture. Oh, guys, I'm so I'm so touched. I'm so pleased. I'm so, convinced, by the way, David, that, you know, one day when you die, may it be at 120, this is where you're going to want to have your ashes scattered. <laughs> <laughs> You really, uh, you have a lot of views about me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so great talking to you guys. I've got to go. i got a, another company to run. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> nice talk seeing you, you soon. David. It's great to see you guys. It really is. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was produced by Sarah Wyman. The production team includes... Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder Arnold, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire Seuss, Guinevere Govea, McKenna Smith, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore, Casey Holford, Peter Clowney. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. When you visit a state as big and diverse as Texas, there are a million different trips you can take. Let's say you've got an appetite for whitewater kayaking. You can get your own. So this is why they call it Devil's River. Trip to Texas. Or maybe you have an actual appetite. I'll take a pound of brisket, six ribs, uh, three links of sausage, and a, a piece of pecan pie trip to Texas. Go to TravelTexas.com slash get your own for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com.